Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Everyone's Wrong Podcast, a place where we convene to discuss all the misdirections, misinformation, and misconceptions being pushed on both sides of the political aisle these days. Uh, This would be episode three, but I recorded an episode last week that I did not like, so I did not release it. And uh, that's just the kind of quality that we're committed to over here at, uh, at the Everyone's Wrong Podcast. If I don't like it, you won't hear it. So uh, you're welcome. So there were a few things that I wanted to talk about. A lot of stuff is exploding today in the wake of the Trump care vote never going through. We had the Gorsuch hearings. We have a lot of stuff that's kind of coming to a point. Um, recording this on Thursday, March 30th, I'd imagine by tomorrow there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff that I would like to address. But as it stands, this is the time that I have, so this is what you're getting. Anyway, to business. Donald Trump, in an attempt to continue shooting himself in the foot whenever humanly possible, tweeted this morning, The Freedom Caucus will hurt the entire Republican agenda if they don't get on the team and fast. We must fight them and Dems in 2018. Now, this is not unprecedented since everyone knows Donald Trump is not a real conservative, but it is pretty amazing that he is willing to make war like this at the conservative wing of his own party. It's not unprecedented for Donald Trump, but it's still crazy. Um, This is in the wake of Ryan's warning that Donald Trump will cross the aisle and work with Democrats if he doesn't get the support that he needs from conservatives. Obviously, this is never going to happen because the Democrats have been going out of their way whenever possible to make sure that they are dragging Trump through the mud, attacking him and accusing him of everything from treason and trying to undermine America to uh, being a racist, sexist, bigot, misogynist, rapist. So obviously they're never going to work with him. Um, He really stands very little to gain from waging war on what is a considerable chunk of his base and people who campaigned with for him, surrogates of his campaign, people who were speaking out for him on the campaign trail, he's going to lose a lot of support from this. He's going to lose a lot of libertarian support from this specifically. Not that that really matters in the grand scheme of things, but I thought it was worth pointing out. There is a bit of a rift uh, among libertarians right now over whether to support Trump or not. There's a decent-sized chunk of uh, liberty-leaning Americans, and I only know this because of Reddit discussion boards and Facebook groups and stuff like that. Don't worry about it. Um, There's a decent chunk of of these people who are really in favor of Donald Trump insofar as he represents a departure from the status quo and who seem pretty convinced that he's actually going to do something to peel back some of the uh, some of the power of the federal government, I guess. Um, I mean, one of his his uh, repeal to laws for every law that you want to write um, executive order maybe falls in line with that, but not much of the other stuff that he does has. Um, still, you've got a lot of people who are in denial about whether he's good for liberty or not, people who want to be a fan, people who are kind of cherry-picking things that he says in order to justify their support of him. But this is a little too obvious. Um, he's he's calling out a bunch of, of uh, politicians, of Republicans, that libertarians really like. And I think this is going to signify the end of his support from that, uh, from that group of political 
thinkers. So that's that's your update on on where the libertarians are at for for whatever little value that that has in the greater conversation. Anyway, Justin Amash, Republican from Michigan, tweeted in response to the president's tweet, "It didn't take long for the swamp to drain you. No shame, Mr. President." Almost everyone succumbs to the D.C. establishment. So uh, that's pretty much what happened. I don't think I could sum it up any any better than uh, than Justin Amash, who is a Republican from Michigan, did when he tweeted that. Um, I think that's really symbolic of the direction or, or lack of direction that the Republican Party is going in under Donald Trump. And I think it, it does not bode well for the upcoming attempt at tax reform that he seems to think he's going to be good at for whatever reason. So Trump is setting fire to his base. What's new? The thing about Trump supporters is they seem determined to support Donald Trump regardless of of where his politics actually lie. They're going to retroactively justify it. They're like the kings of retcon, retroactive continuity, just going to modify their political views to justify their support of Donald Trump. And this seems to be a common characteristic among everyone who, who supports him. Not isolated to Trump supporters, by the way. You, you see this in centrist Democrats who 10 years ago were sworn enemies of the intelligence agencies in, in the wake of the Iraq war, but who now, because it's, it's convenient for them and because it justifies the way that they feel about Donald Trump, are willing to take the CIA or the FBI's word on something. The double think exists on both sides, but I'm just saying it does seem to be a quality that is, is fundamental to the Trump supporter, unfortunately. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is losing her mind and probably going senile. And that might be an offensive thing to say. And if it is, I'm sorry, because she might actually be going senile, in which case I'm, I'm not trying to, to make fun of her. I just don't think that she should be wielding any type of, of political decision making, government decision making power in her current state. So she had an interview on CNN with Anderson Cooper and she was asked the softball of all softball questions. Um, Anderson asked her, who is in charge of the Democratic Party? Who is the leader of the Democratic Party? So this is what she had to say. Who is the leader of the Democratic Party right now? Well, President Obama was the president of the United States until just a matter of a weeks ago. I, I don't think that he can be dismissed as the leader of the Democratic Party. Uh, Hillary Clinton did not win the election, but a respected leader. But we have we have leaders for all different aspects of it. The Democratic Party is a congressional party, and we have leaders in Congress. It is a gubernatorial party, and but, leaders. But, but on the state level, it is a party which has suffered tremendous losses uh, in, in the last couple of years. Even it has, but Obama. but uh, we, we have a plan to address that. So there's not one standard bearer for the for the you see as the leader of the Democratic. Well, they, we're not in the president. Uh, we're not in a presidential time. Okay, so first and foremost, um, I before we get into the political implications in all that, I just want to comment that I think she actually is losing it. And if if you watch the clip, I'll include the sh- the clip in the uh, description of the show. Um, she seems well. It's hard to tell actually because she's just been Botox to hell. That might be sexist. Maybe I'll edit this out. Um, because of the amount of work that Nancy Pelosi has had done, it is difficult to discern what her facial expression actually means. But she seems to be 
in a completely different world from the world that we live in. And this is both reflected in the content of her answer and in the, the way that she speaks. Her response was as unstructured as the Democratic Party she describes in that response. Let's put it that way. Um, so let's go into the implications of what she's actually saying. This is Nancy Pelosi, by the way. This is the, the, the minority leader of the Democratic Party. You'd think the obvious answer to that question, and I think the answer that, that Anderson was going for, was uh, you, Nancy. You're, I'm, I'm the leader. I'm Nancy Pelosi. Me. I'm the leader right now. Yeah, uh, we're, we're working on it, figuring it out. But uh, I'm the standard bearer. Yeah, it's me, Nancy Pelosi. I've been in politics for a long time. I know what I'm doing, and uh, I, I'm the leader right now. Or you could throw the progressives a bone, say Bernie Sanders, he has been making a lot of statements about healthcare, a lot of policy proposals, still doing his thing, still leading masses of young people in, in their ideological quest for equality. Say Bernie Sanders, say someone. But the fact that the first thing she says is Barack Obama, who, as far as I can tell, has been jet skiing and, and fishing and whatever he's been doing since he left office, which is absolutely fine. The man's entitled to do whatever he, he's a private citizen now. He can do whatever he wants. I hope he doesn't make this return to politics that everyone says he's going to make. In any case, it certainly isn't Barack Obama. And that the second person that she says is Hillary Clinton, who I feel similarly to as I do uh, about Barack Obama. Stay out of it, you know, but she's been coming out of the proverbial and uh, somewhat literal woods lately as well. Definitely not to a degree that Nancy Pelosi, minority leader of the United States House of Representatives, highest ranking Democrat, w- w- should say that she's the, Hillary Clinton is the leader of the Democratic Party. That's that's preposterous. Um, and then she she kind of gets into I mean, she uh, it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting because the Democrats lost so badly this past election. They, they lost in every way that they possibly could and you have people like nancy pelosi who are in charge who can't even identify that they're in charge and when asked why they lost all you will hear is a bunch of rhetoric uh, about russia or maybe racism and sexism they're incapable of any kind of introspection they're incapable of any kind of self-examination they aren't aware of this fact and they're determined to keep beating the same old dead horse and thinking that that something new is going to happen And it's a recipe for disaster. And if you're not a fan of Donald Trump, and I'd imagine that most of my friends and family who do me the service of listening to this so that they can tell me that they did are not fans of Donald Trump, this must infuriate you. Nancy Pelosi has got to go. She's got to go. She's losing it. And the Democratic Party is losing because of her and people like her. I don't consider myself to be a progressive or a democrat um i've had a a large shift in my political views in the wake of this last election during the primary season really um but like i don't fault anyone who who does most of my friends and family are progressives and i just i just i see this and I want the best for you guys, and I want the best for your party and for your movement. And this woman and everything that she represents are antithetical to progress, and they are antithetical to you guys ever getting anyone that you are remotely in favor of in a position of power again. She has to go. 
Okay. Uh, so in other news, uh, Chuck Schumer decided that he's not a fan of Neil Gorsuch, which is a really poor political move for a number of reasons that we'll discuss shortly. Uh, this is what he had to say. After careful deliberation, I have concluded that I cannot support Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination to the Supreme Court. Judge Gorsuch was unable to sufficiently convince me that he'd be an independent check on a president who has shown almost no restraint from executive overreach. Second, he was unable to convince me that he would be a mainstream justice who could rule free from the biases of politics and ideology. His career and judicial record suggest not a neutral legal mind, but someone with a deep-seated conservative ideology. He was groomed by the Federalist Society and has not shown one inch of difference between his views and theirs. And finally, he is someone who almost instinctively favors the powerful over the weak, <clears throat> corporations over working Americans. There could not be a worse time for someone with those. Uh, so Schumer said that about a week ago. Um, a bunch of news articles, articles. A bunch of news articles have come out since then that have said that he has every intention of filibustering. The Democrats are going to filibuster Gorsuch. Um, they've also said if the Republican, if this nominee cannot earn 60 votes a bar met by each of President Obama's nominees and George Bush's last two nominees, the answer isn't to change the rules, it's to change the nominee. Now, two responses to this. One, the Republicans are going to change the rules, so it doesn't matter what you, Chuck Schumer, think the answer is. Two, who would you rather see, realistically, that Trump could nominate? Because I watched Gorsuch's hearings, and I did a lot of uh, research into a bunch of his past rulings, and I think he's really the best we could possibly ask for right now. I'm not actually really going to get into how I feel about Gorsuch, because my girlfriend's going to make fun of me because she, she thinks that I'm in love with him, which I'm not. But I think he's a superb pick. I think he's the, the best that we could possibly ask for out of a Trump administration. And that is because he let Mike Pence make this pick. Don't get me wrong. No credit, zero credit to Donald Trump for this. But Neil Gorsuch is, is the, the best the Democrats could hope for. Now, what's going to happen is they're going to force the Republicans to change the rules. Gorsuch is only going to need 50 votes, right? And they're going to make a big stink out of it. It's going to be a whole big deal out of, like I said, a nominee who is at worst a man of the law and and someone who takes the judicial branch very seriously and his job very seriously and who, insofar as that goes, is entirely inoffensive, right? We, we dealt with all these hearings. How many articles, how many little dot mic now this whatever videos have come out? about Gorsuch during these hearings. There's been one. I know there's been one because I have only progressive friends and I'm very tapped into what is going on in in, in progressive circles, right? One, and it was, uh, what's his name? Franken, um, getting at him about the, uh, the Trans Am case, right? You can watch the video. Even that video, that's the worst that they could muster, okay? Not really anything nothing i looked into it i mean it turns out 
we're not, I'm not going to get into the Trans Am thing. Um, look at the actual case and look at Gorsuch's response to it. You may disagree with him. I don't think that he wanted to even rule the way that he did. But the bottom line with him seems to be that he's going to obey what the law says, whether he agrees with it or not, which you'd think would be a reassuring thing for the Democrats. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, because of partisanship, it isn't. So whatever. Um, my point is, they're not going to get anyone better than this guy. If there were anything seriously wrong with this, it would have been plastered wall to wall. There would be dot Mike and now this videos. There would have been five Washington Post articles and CNN would be having a field day. But these hearings happened last week and none of this has happened. The media today will take something as small as Mike Pence saying he only has dinner alone with his wife. More about that later and run with it and turn it into a whole huge thing. Do you think that if something had come up during these Gorsuch hearings of any substance or value whatsoever, anything valid, that they are sitting on it or that they would have been running wall-to-wall coverage about Gorsuch being whatever, a sexist, a racist, a not for the little guy was the narrative they were going with. It would, it would be all over the place. And the fact that it's not speaks volumes to what a squeaky clean record this guy has. So I don't know who Schumer realistically thinks that the Trump administration would, would put forward who would be any better than Gorsuch. But if he's going to make this big of a stink and make them change the rules, which is what they're going to do to get Gorsuch into the position, to get him confirmed, then the next guy, I mean, who knows? Who knows who it's going to be, right? This is Donald Trump we're talking about. Maybe he lets Mike Pence and, and his conservative buddies make another good pick. He goes off his list, right? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they change the rules to need 50 votes instead of 60 or however, whatever manipulative nonsense that they do. And his his next nominee is someone completely out of left field, someone some hyper-conservative authoritarian, someone actually dangerous. Because the fact is that Gorsuch is not. As far as Gorsuch is concerned, he takes his his position very seriously. There's no one who's above the law, right? Trump could put some authoritarian, warmongering justice into place, a politicized justice into place. He could do it. And if this precedent is set, if, if the Democrats force the Republicans' hands and force them to set this precedent and in order to get someone like Gorsuch into office, that is what we're going to see after Ginsburg dies, or whatever. No shade to Ginsburg. I hope she I hope she lives for a long time. I wish her the best. Okay, so this week's racist or not racist. I got a dual a dual dual one. A double. Double trouble. Daily double. Daily double on racist or not racist. So there's two things. Um both of which ha- have been they're very similar and also different. And both of which were mentioned by Hillary Clinton, who is on a quest for political relevance for whatever reason. And not to get into the same point that I tried to hammer home so much earlier when talking about Pelosi, but oh my God, someone needs to tell this woman, if if you love progressivism and if you love li- modern liberalism and, and if you're a lefty, please tell your people to tell her to just stay out of it. We don't need her. We don't need her 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 image. We don't need her baggage. We don't need her money. We'll figure it out. Some someone tell her. 
you guys have to know someone, right? Okay. Uh, these are tied together by the following clip. I'm going to address each of the two instances that Hillary Clinton cites as she cites them as being sexist. Racist or not racist is just a catchy title. It can be sexist or not sexist too, okay? Um, but it's racist. It, it, it's both in this one, or it isn't. So that's what we're going to discuss. Here's the clip. Where everyday sexism and structural barriers were once blatant, today they're sometimes harder to spot, but make no mistake, they're still with us. Just look at all that's happened in the last few days to women who were simply doing their jobs. April Ryan, a respected journalist with unrivaled integrity, was doing her job just this afternoon in the White House press room when she was patronized and cut off trying to ask a question. One of your own California Congresswomen, Maxine Waters, was taunted with a racist joke about her hair. Now, too many women, especially women of color, have had a lifetime of practice taking precisely these kinds of indignities in stride. But why should we have to? Okay, so first clip I want to get into, April Ryan. Uh, she had a bit of a spicy moment with Spicy Sean. Um, she asked him during a press conference what the Trump administration is going to do to repair the image of the... Uh, repair their image in the wake of all the Russia controversy that's going on. And uh, Spicy Sean was not happy with this. And, uh, well, here here's the interaction. Um, Sean, don't seem so happy. Um, <laughs> you like, go ahead. Anyway, um, with all of these investigations, questions of what is, is, how does this administration try to revamp its image? Two and a half months in, you've got this Yates story today. You've got other things going on. You've got Russia. You've got you've got wiretapping. You've got no. We don't have that. You you you. I know. On Capitol Hill. No, no, I, I get it. But you keep. I I've said it from the day that I got here until whatever that, that there is no connection. You've got Russia. If the president puts Russian salad dressing on his salad tonight, somehow that's a Russian connection. But every single person, no, I, and you, and well, no, that's, I appreciate your agenda here, but the reality is, oh no, no, hold on. No, at some point report the facts. The facts are that every single person who has been briefed on this subject has come away with the same conclusion. Republican, Democrat, so I'm sorry that that disgusts you. You're shaking your head. I appreciate it, but but I, okay. But understand this: that at some point, the facts are what they are, and every single person who has been briefed on the situation, with respect to the the situation with Russia, Republican, Democrat, Obama appointee, career, have all come to the same conclusion. At some point, April, you're going to have to take no for an answer with respect to whether or not there was collusion. How do you change the perception be, of? We're, we're going to keep doing everything we're doing to make sure that the president, that what the president told the American people he was going to do to fulfill those pledges and promises that he made to bring back jobs, to grow the economy, 
to keep our nation safe. That's what he's been focused on since day one. We're going to keep focusing on that every and single Connie day. Rice comes Friday. Connie Rice did not support this president. Um, she did not go to the convention. She comes. What is on the agenda? And and how is their relationship? Has it healed since 2006 when he used a very negative word to so describe? So here's what I'll tell you. It's interesting that you ask those two questions back to back. On the one hand, you're saying, what are we doing to improve our image? And then here he is once again meeting somebody uh, that hasn't been a big supporter of his. Hold on. I, 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 no, no, but, but April, hold on. You, 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 it seems like you're hell-bent on trying to make sure that whatever image you want to tell about this White House stays, because at the end of the day, the let me answer. I understand. I okay, but you know what? You're asking me a question, and I'm going to answer it, which is the president, I'm sorry, please stop shaking your head again. But at some point, the reality is that this president continues to reach out to individuals who have supported him, who didn't support him, Republicans, Democrats, to try to bring the country together and move forward on an agenda that's going to help every American. That's it, plain and simple. So if you're asking what we're doing, I think we continue to do it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that was not a good interaction. Um, was it entirely uncharacteristic of Spicy Sean? Absolutely not. Um, so race-baiting CNN... And by the way, uh, I completely acknowledge that there is a race problem in America, right? And and there's a sexism problem in America, too. These things exist. But unfortunately, you have a lot of people who are hell-bent on making, not to <laughs> take spicy Sean's verbiage there, but they're hell-bent on making everything about race. And sometimes, sometimes it isn't, Okay. That's what racist or not racist is is here for. It's not. I'm not here to. I'm a white man. For I mean, you all know that I am, right? And I'm straight. Jesus. Uh. So obviously, I am not one to be. I'm. I'm not gonna stand here and and say that there is no racism in America. That would be nonsense. There obviously is, right? But a lot of the times, because it is convenient for their narrative or because it will get them views on YouTube or listens on whatever or uh, sell papers or internet clicks to their articles or whatever it is, it'll get their website's traffic, the media will push a narrative or politicians will push a narrative because it's convenient for them, because it mobilizes their base, because it lets them get virtuous and self-righteous about things. And it just isn't always true. Let's watch how CNN tries to make this about race. Here now with us, White House correspondent for American Urban Radio Networks and author of the book At Mama's Knee, April Ryan. Good morning, April. Good morning, Allison. How are you? I'm doing well. What was going through that head of yours when <laughs> Sean Spicer was wagging his finger and shaking his head? Um, disbelief. I was just asking a question, trying to get an answer, and I found myself trying to defend myself. But, you know, I'm a reporter just trying to get answers. And it was a simple question. It was a legitimate question. And um, I just wanted an answer. And uh, I dropped my head. I didn't shake my head at first. And I reviewed the tape. Mm -hmm. I did shake my head towards the end in disbelief. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a reporter. He's a press secretary. And we both have jobs to do. I'm going back today to do my job. And, um, and he's going to do his job. And I take it for what it is. Um, and, and as an administration is calling us the enemy of the people, um, I guess we saw some of that um, 
thought process yesterday. Mm. Uh, I do not think you needed to review the tape to see whether or not you were shaking your head. I think you're allowed to shake your head whenever you want, especially <laughs> when Spicer uh, is doing what he does most often right now, which was uh, giving a bogus response to your question. You know, you said you got wiretapping, you got Russia, and he goes, no, 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 you do. Look, we all know where the wiretapping thing came from. That was the premise for your question, and you asked it. He didn't like it, and that was the treatment that you got. Do you believe what he did to you, April, is different than what he does to other reporters? Well, let me say this. Um, there was a young lady from Politico over the weekend, um, a white woman, who was called an idiot by Sean. Um, it made headlines. We are the press who's under attack. We are under attack by this administration. It's about discrediting uh, credible media. And, you know, at this point, I'm, I, I happen to be a black woman, but I'm part of the press. So this is, I guess this is part of a series of two women this week who have been um, in the news over something with the press secretary. And do you think he treats women differently in the press room? So that, that's, mm, okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the facepalm moment for me, right? Because they ask her, uh, like, it's a race-baiting question, and they know it is, and she knows it is, and you can tell that it is from her response. Because she points out that Sean Spicer also called a white woman, right? Why would she mention she's white? Obviously, because the reason CNN is asking this question is because they want to be like, oh, well, you know, you think it was because you're black? Please say yes, please say yes. Um, she's like, oh, no, a white woman too. And they... No comment from CNN. The response isn't like, oh, yeah, it's true. Spicy Sean does hate the press. And and, and <laughs> his boss has been attacking us relentlessly since he got into office, since before he got into office, right? So it makes sense that he wouldn't like you very much. No. Their response is, oh, so you think he's a sexist, huh? And she, at this point, cottons on a little bit. And she's like, oh, yeah, oh, this is what we're doing. Okay, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and to her credit, you know, um, April Ryan points out, continues to point out that maybe it's just about the press, right? And they just don't like the press. I don't know anything about April Ryan, to be honest. I've never heard her name before this entire controversy. But I absolutely give her all the credit that that she is due for not taking the bait fully in this. And she acquiesces a little bit. She's like, yeah, I'll keep my eye out. That's what I'm not going to play the rest of this. She basically goes on to be like, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Uh, I guess I'll have to, this is two women in a week. Uh, I guess I'll keep my eye out for it. You know, she's not going to tell these CNN anchors, uh, no, you guys are nuts. You guys are just trying to manufacture a controversy when it is an undisputed fact that Donald Trump hates the press and th that obviously the press has been super difficult with Spicy Sean and he's probably got, I mean, Jesus, love or hate Spicy Sean, he's got the most difficult job in America right now. Not literally the most difficult, but the the most difficult six-figure paying job in America right now, I think. Yeah, he's got the most difficult job in America of anyone who's making more than six figures right now, which he, I'm sure, is. Um, but yeah, so April Ryan, you know, she kind of calls it what it is. And, and more credit to her. And I just it just speaks volumes to how much these news outlets try to make everything about racism or sexism or one of these sexy things that's going to sell and that's going to keep their network busy talking for 24 hours or 48 hours for a news cycle, you know, that they want to make this about that in, in spite of just the, the overwhelming and unde undeniable evidence that 
It's just a press thing. There have been a whole bunch of interactions between Spicy Sean and other members of the Trump camp and people of all races and genders. Um, the common denominator of all of them being that they are from the press. This is what Trump hates. He hates the press, okay? So let's please stop trying to make it about race and gender. And I think it, it I mean, it speaks volumes to how outlets like CNN view these people when they have a, a, a female black reporter on and all they see is a black female, right? They don't see that she's a reporter. Like, who's who's really racist and sexist in that situation? The person who looks at it and says, yeah, like, she's a reporter and they hate reporters, so that makes sense. Or the person who says, oh, she's black. Must be because she's black, right? Because God forbid it be because of her profession, right? Women don't, women aren't defined by their professions. They're defined by their genitals, right? Or the color of their skin. People are defined by the color of their skin. I don't know. I'm not saying CNN is a terrible racist network. They definitely do engage in a fair bit of race baiting. And I just think it's worth thinking about who has got more of a problem with race, right? Because when you have someone who is going on and being reduced to nothing more than it takes her pulling teeth to get them to acknowledge that it might be because of her profession because they're so eager to reduce her to being nothing more than a black vagina, right? It's just worth thinking about. That's all. Uh, so verdict on this one, not racist, okay? Not racist. I'm sorry, guys. 100% not racist. Donald Trump and his team hate the press. Spicy Sean, given how awful his job is, has every reason to be frustrated with the press. And if I had his job, I'd be snapping at every single person who talked to me no matter what anything they are, denomination, race, color, skin, language they speak, mohawked or non-mohawked, I everyone would be getting it from me. And everyone is kind of getting it from Sean. So let's just be fair. Not racist. Uh, second one, though. This one's a, little, a, lot, a lot of fun. Uh, okay, here's the clip. So what does that mean, Bill? We've been listening all morning. We cannot. I, I didn't hear a word she said. I was, <laughs> I was looking at the James Brown wig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we have a picture of James, it's the same. It's one. the same one, no, right? Okay. And he's not using I it anymore. They just on that. You're, all, you're all wrong. About I have this. to defend her on that. She's. A, you can't go after a woman's looks. I think she's very attractive. But she, I didn't say she wasn't attractive. Her I hair? love James Brown. But it's okay. the same hair, James exactly. Brown. Are the godfather of soul? Had. So he had girl hair. Uh, whatever it is, I just couldn't get by it. Okay, so that one was... <laughs> um, Alright, so racist or not racist, okay? Real quick. Uh, yeah, definitely racist. The thing is, we just discussed the April Ryan thing, right? Clearly, we're living in a hypersensitive time, okay? Now, is Bill O'Reilly personally racist? I'm not going to judge on this comment alone, okay? Because it sounds like he was just trying to be funny and maybe make a joke. An insensitive joke and a racist joke. I'm not going to condemn the man's entire existence or worldview based off of that. There's plenty of other stuff that you can condemn Bill O'Reilly's entire personality and worldview for. Um, but in, in, in the context of this specific incident... Um, that remark was in poor taste, and he was very stupid to have made it. He has backpedaled a ton and apologized for it a ton since then, which is altogether appropriate, but 
I mean, just what a fool. Bill O'Reilly's been in the media for a long time. He knows how these things work. He should have a decent read over the, the current climate and know better than to say something stupid and racist like that. So, uh, good job, Bill O'Reilly. Definitely racist. So we've got one not racist and one racist on racist or not racist today. Okay, so on this week's uh, fun note, I'm trying to end all the shows with something kind of stupid and inconsequential. The problem is so much stuff is stupid and inconsequential that I feel like it should all... This show could probably be reduced. We could take out the the entire beginning section, the current events section, and just make it all either racist or not racist, and then uh, stupid stuff that's happening in the media. We could probably cut out the entire... I might do that. Anyway, this week's fun note... Um, I'm going to roll over last week's a little bit. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, Tammy, Tommy, Tommy Lauren, uh, is officially banned from the blaze in a hilarious turn of events after going on the view and expressing pro-choice views. Uh, here's a clip. No, I'm pro-choice, and here's why. I am a constitutional, you know, someone that loves the Constitution. I am someone that's for limited government, and so I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and say I'm for limited government, but I think that the government should decide what women do with their bodies. I can sit here and say that as a Republican, and I can say, you know what, I'm for limited government. So stay out of my, my guns, and you can stay out of my body as well. So I think it's... Well, you need uh, to go out and speak to women about that. I do. I do speak every day. Republican yeah. women. I do every day. Okay. And, you know, I, I get a lot of attacks Let's from go. conservative <laughs> women as well. Yeah. You know, I think it's... Uh, usual. Equal, equal hate from all sides for well, me. Well, you don't have any, uh, you don't have any problems Tommy, with Tommy, I told you that we wouldn't bite. Oh, yeah. Everybody, give it up for we Tommy Lahren. We don't bite. We're going to be right back. So uh, I give Tommy some credit for this one. No, I'm just kidding. I give Tomi zero credit for this. She is a panderer, and she went on The View and took the low-hanging fruit, the easiest possible pro-choice argument to make, one that she knew would get applause, followed it up with, oh yeah, and this is because, you know, I'm uh, I'm an independent thinker. I kind of, I'm outside the box, you know? No, absolutely not. Here's what happened here. Tomi Lawrence saw Megyn Kelly do what Megyn Kelly did, right? I was like, oh, that's a, that's a fashionable pivot to make. I think I'm going to try to brand myself as, as someone who exists outside of partisan politics. Uh, spoiler alert, she does not exist outside of politi- partisan politics. Unfortunately, and this may be sexist of me to say, Tommy Lauren is nothing but a pretty face spouting completely by the book conservative views. And if she's abandoned one of her conservative tropes, one of her recycled, beaten to death, not original at all, cliche conservative arguments in favor of a beaten to death, not original at all, cliche liberal argument, I am not going to call her a free thinker for that, okay? Especially not when she goes on somewhere like The View and she knows she's going to get an applause line for it, all right? No, absolutely not. Tommy Lauren, you suck. And uh, Glenn Beck has appropriately, first he suspended her, um, when I recorded this last week and this was my fun end to the show, he had just suspended her. But now she, I believe she's banned or canceled. I don't remember the terminology that was used. But good job, Glenn Beck. Well deserved. Um, Glenn Beck sucks too, and he's not a libertarian as much as he likes to act like one. But I think he definitely made the right choice here. 
And uh, for all the people who are saying, like, oh, it's not fair, you know, you know, someone's going to lose their job over their political views. Like, yeah, I don't think anyone should lose their job over their political views either. Unless you are a political pundit and your entire career and your entire occupation are based around having very specific political views. In that case, if you make a make a boo-boo like this, yeah, it's totally fair game, man. So good job, Glenn Beck. And he really took her down on Twitter, too. So uh, Tommy tweeted, I have moderate, conservative, and libertarian views. I'm human. I will never apologize to anyone for being an independent thinker. I just went over why she's not. She's not. She's not. Please, no one buy this, because she's not an independent thinker, right? So uh, Beck says, Wait, libertarian views? Help me out on Trump care, stimulus, and executive orders. Trump is anything but libertarian. Hashtag intellectual honesty. He burned her. He burned her good. And then he canceled her spot on his network. So bad day for Tommy, good day for me, and good day for a lot of progressives out there too. I'm glad that we can agree on something. Uh, next bit of fun for this week. Um, this one isn't even that fun, to be honest. It's actually just absurd and ridiculous and a little bit sad. Uh, so Mike Pence revealed earlier that he um, only has dinner alone with his wife. So he, he doesn't have dinner alone with any woman who is not his wife. And I believe he also said, I don't remember the specifics. I probably should find it out. I'm not going to. Um, it, was, it was something like he won't go to an event where he will be drinking with women who are not his wife unless his wife is there. Okay. Now, this is being trotted about by the left as uh, like rampant sexism. And that's just preposterous. This is the silliest thing that you could possibly get hung up on, right? So Mike Pence is a traditional conservative. We knew this already. He's very socially conservative. If this is the arrangement that he has with his wife, good. That's what works for them. And that's their business. And it's not yours. And the fact that the party of of, of Bill Clinton and Anthony Weiner can get outraged at someone for having an antiquated rule that he puts on himself that he follows that is his choice that works for him and his marriage is frankly laughable bill clinton (sighs) i'm not even going to get into it because there are enough conservative pundits making these jokes right now but seriously the party of the clintons and the party of anthony weiner have no place passing judgment on Mike Pence for being an old-fashioned old dude. That's what he is. He shouldn't have to apologize for it, and honestly, it's not hurting anyone. He's been in his marriage for like 30 years, by the way, so clearly they're doing something right. Maybe we should take a page from his book, right? Who knows? Anyway, that's all I got for you guys this week. Um, I'm going to try to maybe do this once a week. I really am. Might not, so it's fine. You guys will live if I don't. I hope you listen to this one anyway. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you next week. Hopefully the world will not have burned down by then. Take care.